The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. I'm Linda Schub, your host for this episode. And in San Diego at OECstrategicsolutions.com, I've been working with nonprofit and public sector for going on 30 years now. I am co-hosted, fortunately, with Jenny Fumer out of West Palm Beach. Jenny is the executive director at the Alpert Jewish and Family Children's Services. Today, we'll be speaking with Sharon Leader, who is an amazing person, who is very well accomplished in several fields, and I have had the pleasure of knowing and working with Sharon for over 30 years. I was debating whether I should say that, but (laughs) I have known Sharon for 30 years. Uh, Sharon is an adjunct professor at the University of San Diego, where she teaches organizational behavior and strategic management. She is a consultant par excellence and brings decades of serving nonprofits in different capacities, not only as a consultant, but for this discussion, more importantly, as a nonprofit board member, committee member, uh, board chair at one point in time. So one of the delightful uh, compliments that Sharon brings to the session is her ability to speak from both current best practices as well as her own experience. So welcome, Sharon. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I can tell the radio audience can't see that I'm blushing for the intro, but thank you. Uh-huh. And Jenny, thank you so much for being here in your position. I'm sure you'll relate and have lots to chime in. So let's get started here. I think I mentioned the first thing, Sharon, if you don't mind, would be just to give us a little bit of your own background um, and how you got involved in all this, etc. Okay. Uh, well, you, you brought two of my passions to this particular session with both nonprofit to public sector work and also organizational effectiveness type work and strategy. Uh, my time started with early days at uh, UCLA, working in organizational development and design, and then uh, two major corporations. I managed their uh, training development functions and also two uh, universities. And so during that time, I really had a chance to see how all of this works and applies 
in making organizations work better. And then my own interest in giving back uh, started pretty early, both through professional organizations like ASTD and Organizational Development Network, uh, a church community. And then let's just define that for folks. uh, Which one? ASTD. ASCD, I'm sorry, American Society for Training and Development. So I've always had a, a, a big interest in how organizations and leaders get developed. And then the last few years, I've been independent consulting, working in a variety of sectors, both business sectors, public sectors, and uh, not-for-profit sectors. Well, and you also started to mention that you've done an awful lot of work in your religious organization, your church, Yes. as well as your educational organization, uh, institution of University of San Diego. Yes. And so I don't uh, know anyone who covers more ground than you do there, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. As I reflected back, a lot of uh, things that I can bring from each of these experiences. And I don't know if it got mentioned that at one point I did actually run a small business um, a small machine shop business, and um, learned what that was like. So I've, I've had to be out literally on the line. So I can bring some of that experience, too. Good. And, Jenny, you want to add anything or connect anyway there? No, I'm just listening at this point. Okay, great. Um, one of the things that I will say is that Sharon is up on the latest research and trends in terms of best practices and changes and adjustments that nonprofits and public sector organizations are having to make today or these days, given the new normal and the even with the um, increased economic activity, there is a uh, definite set of trends that um, Sharon's going to introduce into this conversation. Yes. Um, as I, I mean, there are obviously a number, and, and we know what's going on with, you know, the economy and those things that, that impact all types of organization. But as I've reflected on what needs to happen kind of going forward, uh, no matter what's going on in the economy, is uh, the trend, the four I really focused on had to do with measurement. I think there's quite a bit now around how do we assess outcomes and results and then kind of tied to that is is how do we build capacity? You know, how do we now not just, you know, deliver on the programs that we have, but how do we get the infrastructure and build up all the capacity and the leadership pieces? And then uh, the, other, the other two trends that, that we can address at some point have to do with this, this increased awareness from an involvement of volunteers and donors. I think, you know, they really want to be a lot more hands-on, and that creates... Uh, again, some challenges for the nonprofit um, organization, and then the f- final trend—not uh, not the end trend, but one of them would be collaboration and partnering. How do we now kind of work together so that we can uh, to do more with what we have? Mm-hmm. And I know, Jenny, you have lots and lots of examples of those. So let me just go back for a minute and talk a little bit about. Um, that capacity building that you were speaking of, uh, just for our listening audience, the term is now being used to indicate and imply that you're not only building the capacity within your own organization, but that you're reaching out 
to your upstream and downstream partners, collaborators, even competitors to help them be stronger organizations in terms of their infrastructure, their measurement, their business strategies, and some alignment and collaboration isn't just being nice. It's true win-win, which all relates to capacity building. So, for example, if I can free my organization up from making 100 phone calls because your organization is already emailing them, we can combine that effort and still get the communication and those 100 phone calls, that time invested in that would be freed up for someone to do something else. So there really is a... Um, and I've seen this, a, a collaboration amongst people who have even been competitors historically. Yes, yes. And, you know, that ties back to, um, and, and let me go back for a minute onto the measurement and, and outcome and performance because that's where there's been a challenge in trying to build capacity. The the measurements in the past have often been around um, not what we wanted to do strategically. It was often, you know, how was the... Overhead, You know, I can remember creating our annual report one year and having to say, can we get this measure down? You know, we don't want to look like it. But it's the very thing we need to not But it was an about. interesting ratio that you were telling me. What ratio was that? Well, it was. It was to look at the ratio. It was like we were supposed to spend the least amount of our resources that we were given um, on overhead, and yet often it's that what looks like overhead versus saying going directly to program delivery. Um, it's that piece, though, that needs to expand so that we can build capacity, so we can create uh, the systems that we might need to eventually be more effective. It's it's that longer-term uh, strategic view, which is, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the program about strategy, that I think is the challenge for organizations. So it's like how do we now inform and even go for special grants that might help us build capacity? Mm-hmm. Um, and so and the overhead often isn't a good measure because within that overhead, you're measuring development costs for programs, not delivery costs. But exactly. bundled. Okay, so that was kind of a deep dive into a very specific piece about (laughs) metrics. Um, Let's pull back up a little bit here and talk about, you know, the whole theme here around we see trends out there in our environment, whether it's the economic environment, the job rate, which relates the uh, societal expectations, the fact that uh, college students are coming back to live with their parents, all of these kinds of things frequently cause organizations to change some of their business strategies. Mm-hmm. And many times these trends, once they get close enough to that particular organization's area of service, and start, and things don't work the way they used to in terms of effectiveness and efficiency, um, uh, the organization is almost pushed to make a change. And 
we spoke about changing changes in terms of relooking the mission as well as the business strategy. Do you want to comment a little bit about when do nonprofits or public sector organizations stand back and say, are we doing the business that needs to be done? Are we on the right mission in this century or millennium? Yes, and and that when I look at the work, when you ask me to kind of reflect on all the projects that I've done in the last couple of years, that's been the focus of many of them is a relook at, you know, are we now, what we were doing, is it still relevant? Are we serving the people we want to be serving? Does our mission reflect um, what we want to be uh, presenting to people? And many of those was based on what was going on around the changes. Um, one, one I think of as a professional organization I worked with for people working within oncology, and they realized that they'd been focusing only on um, the cancer patient themselves as far as that, and they realized, no, we need to be focusing on a broader sector. It's everybody who's affected by the cancer patient. So just a slight twist in their mission statement from, you know, dealing with people who have cancer, it's like it's the whole system around that person. And and I think a lot of organizations it need to take time to do that and step back and say, did we have what we sometimes refer to as mission creep? Uh-huh. Uh, scope creep, yeah. Yeah. And Jenny, have you experienced that at your family services? Um, you know, absolutely. I, th- I think that as an organization, um, our own development, and I've been here for 27 years at Jewish Family and Children's Service, and, you know, I know we, we used to talk about measurements as it relates to inputs. How, you know, what do we get in and can we pull information out and can we look at how we're doing and let's measure inputs and then we kind of moved to outcomes and that was the big thing for many, many years and we've, like, as you were saying, Sharon, looked at individual outcomes. We provide a service. How are we doing? How is the individual functioning? And then now we're at the point where we try and understand impact and I can follow okay. up with that thought when we come back. Mm-hmm. And right on that note, we are going to pick back up. I hear the music indicating that we need to go to a commercial break, but please don't forget what you two were about to say to each other, and we will be right back after this brief commercial break. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hello, thank you for staying with us. You are listening to Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Today, I am the host, Linda Schub from OEC, strategicsolutions.com, and we are talking about the trends that are impacting nonprofits and public agencies in terms of causing them to adjust their business strategy to meet the community needs. We have with us Jenny Fumer as our co-host from the West Palm Beach Alpert Jewish Community. Ah, I missed it. Family and Children's Service. Family Services, yeah, I Mm -hmm. got stuck in our name here. And we have Sharon Leader as our guest today speaking about the interaction between the trends and nonprofits changing business strategies. Sharon is a professor at the University of San Diego. She has done lots of work for the Global Organization Center for Creative Leadership, has consulted, and has served on nonprofit boards herself. So she's very, very familiar with these issues. As we went to break, Jenny was just about to make a comment about how this relates to the nonprofit world that she has seen. And go ahead, Jenny, pick up from where you left off. Thank you. I'm really enjoying this conversation, and thank you, Sharon, for joining us today. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about inputs and then how, as an organization and organizations, we've really had to change and focus on outcomes and the realization that um, individual outcomes and if we're providing a service or if we're providing a product, whatever it is, how we can measure those outcomes, and I think many of us got really good at measuring outcomes. But to your point, when you were saying about the cancer patient, we're now really looking at sustainability, and in order to do that, I think as organizations, we really have to focus on impact. It's really about community impact. And um, I borrow this term from... um, Lawland Worley, who wrote this, I think, fabulous book called Built to Change, How to Achieve Sustained Organizational Effectiveness. And they talk about how strategic intent becomes the most important aspect of creating effective organizations. If we really understand what our strategic intent is, and for us it may be to be the go-to organization, for example, within the Jewish community, given our demographics, 
or it may be to be the biggest organization or whatever that strategic intent may be. Um, it's then really looking at how we can foster continuous change and how we're built to do that. So it does look at capabilities and capacity and some of the trends that, that we're right here talking about. You know, how are we connected to our environments? Um, how are we learning about new practices and technologies? How are we committing to continuously improving? How are we pursuing uh, temporary competitive advantages, the whole issue of competitive advantage. And I don't believe, Sharon or Linda, that we in our everyday lives within nonprofit organizations or, or any organization really are really creating that space to have these dialogues. Well, I can certainly uh, say that you are right. Most organizations are asking for uh, 110% of the effort, but don't take all of my staff people's time to get it done. Um, and that is the arena that a lot of times we end up discussing. What about this idea? What about that idea? Gee, here's what I saw over at a different organization or what a colleague of mine saw. And here's what they're measuring now that seems to be making a difference. We just don't have slack resources. And so I know a lot of times when I work with planning retreats and strategic planning sessions, that is part of the mindset that we're trying to create, which is slow down before we make some quick decisions. Let's share some information first. And Sharon had been saying that, you had been saying, Sharon, that you had been working in the past couple of years specifically helping uh, leaders to update their mission and see the more broad-reaching, the more interdependencies. Um, I'm wondering if you found that easy to do or if you have found resistance, um, maybe due to the historical perspective that nonprofits move more slowly than corporate America, which I actually don't believe is true, but it's one of those myths. Um, so maybe you can just talk a little bit about honing in on your mission, what's in, what's out. Exactly, because in some ways, part of the economy did force a little bit of this as people began to, to realize that we might not be able to do all the services or all the things that we were doing, and I think that prompted a little bit of reflection time. And so the, the organizations did, and where we started was with mission. It was like, let's look at it. Does it serve us? Did, are we, what are we really doing if we compare to what we said we were doing? And then is that uh, going to serve us? And so many of the groups did go out and start doing what we call the SWOT analysis. We looked at strengths and weaknesses opportunities and threats to say, you know, are we doing, who, who else is doing. We looked at all of our other potential strategic partners that we could work with and, uh, and did some tweaking. And in, a, in uh, one, well, in one case, we actually stepped back from some programs and realized that, that we had kind of been pulled by a funder saying, oh, would you do this type of thing? And it wasn't what we did well. And it wasn't fit within our our commitment to our new mission statement, and uh, so we we actually stepped back from some programs, which I think is is often a good thing to have to do that. Right, 
Right. And have you experienced the same thing, Jenny, having to select yes. in and select out? Mm-hmm. Every year we go through a process, um, and it coincides with uh, kind of pre-budgeting. <laughs> we go through every single program. We have a matrix that we use, similar to Macmillan, but not quite. We've developed it ourselves. Um, but it has some of the same kinds of qualities that takes a look at every single program to see where it falls on a continuum of meeting agency mission, first and foremost, you know, who it serves, how many people it's serving, who else in the community is replicating or doing similar kinds of programs, a justification for why we as Jewish Family and Children's Service should be doing it, ought to be doing it, need to be doing it, what it costs us, both the programmatic costs, the direct, the indirect, as well as the overhead. And so we go through this process on an annual basis, and we feel that it really keeps us grounded. It's, it's a, you know... A, it's a challenge to find the time to do this, but mm-hmm. it, we, at the end of the day, we really feel that it keeps us quite grounded. But we need to do more now. We need to go beyond that and performance quality improvement and actually start really looking at community impact. If you have, for example, um, a psychiatrist is seeing a child who, let's just say, has a, you know, a problem and is wetting his or her bed, and the psychiatrist is able to work with that child, whether it's medication or in any other intervention, is able to help that child. Now the child's sleeping better, the parents are sleeping better. Um, the parents may, sleeping better, may be, may be more productive at work, may get a promotion at work. Um, the child may have better relations at school, may be doing better at school. How do you measure all of that? Right. And that's called the system's impact of things where... Um you know, if you push in over here, many of our families, our organizations, our nonprofits, our communities, when you change something on one side, something else must change and respond. And those are almost like the secondary measurements that we tend to intuit but aren't quite as well set up. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you measure quality of life? How do you measure less stress? Um, by less arguments, but that's not a very scientific strategy. So I think that comes all the way back around to what you were saying, Sharon. Um, you know, if you relook your mission and you say, oops, we're not doing this, or oops, we need to do that, um, the ability to take a look at the second tier or perhaps what others have called qualitative measurements is probably really important. It is. In fact, we had that challenge. The nonprofit that I was working with was in the, that I was the board chair was in the literacy uh, arena, but, but where we created what we called the love of reading. So we actually sent readers into um, some of the challenge schools, K through three, to read um, to students so that they got excited about what's in a book or what's in the written word, I should say a book these days, or it could be anything from a yeah, Kindle right. now, i got to get modern, but, but that the written word was, was, had excitement in it and interest, and then they get motivated to want to read. So we, we had to start tracking, and yes, we may have gotten anecdotal, but we've also began to get, we, we concentrated uh, for the last couple of years at getting 
you know, teachers to really say, did, did they see a difference in the students' willingness to now want to even learn to read? And did they get better to read because they wanted to read a certain book? So um, it is possible um, to start looking at those impacts, uh, which we need to do. So that we're not just, that the, go ahead. Yeah, because yeah, on one hand, we could have gotten caught up and just told everybody, oh, we have all this number of people reading in this number of schools to this number of students, and somebody should say to us, so what? <laughs> yeah. So what was, here's what we saw, though, as a result of that, we, we saw that, you know, the interest increased, and when literacy increases, you know, the whole, I mean, that talk about a system's impact when literacy is improved. Uh, mm-hmm. So we felt we had a niche that was important, and, and we're, we're sustained. We're still functioning well in partnership with some other organizations. So, um, mm-hmm. But it works. Yeah, that, we, and especially the fact that you said in partnership with other organizations is really important because interesting, and oddly enough, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this before, but I've done work with two different literacy-type organizations, um, uh, locally, and they were very specific, but the dots didn't connect. So one would teach adults to read. Uh, I think the one you're talking about would go out and read to children, and then there was another one that was kind of like a workforce development mm-hmm. um, and all of that that were all different nonprofits working on different parts that could have certainly shared some resources. Now, what about the trend of collaborating, sharing resources, and showing each other what used to be, if I tell you, I'll have to not associate with you anymore because I'm giving you information that belongs to me. Are we seeing that start to change? And did I hear music? Yes. Okay, so let's take a break, and we will come back and respond to that question. So please stay with us, and thank you for being here on Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
the business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Okay, thank you for staying tuned. This is Linda Schub, Jenny Frumer, and Sharon Leader all talking about trends in the external environment that are causing us to relook our perspective and approach to our business strategy. Right before the break, we had um, begun to discuss the uh, new way of sharing and collaborating with others. Um, and um, I'm not sure, Sharon, or uh, if, were you going to pick it up from here? Or was Jenny um, going to make a comment? I can for a couple of uh, make a couple of comments, and if Jenny wants to jump in too, um, I mean, w- w- one of the thoughts that I I think I was saying just before the break was I I'm, think that there is that competitiveness um, look that organizations can get, and I think it's sad in our nonprofit world that we instead of operating more from a, a mentality of abundance versus scarcity, because I think that. Uh, the more we can partner up, the, the you know the more folks we can actually reach and, and to serve better. I think if we can get, I think when organizations start feeling competitive with each other again, they've lost sight of who are we really serving. You know what are we trying to accomplish? We're not here to you know serve our own gain. So I'm I'm seeing more partnering around uh, folks actually seeking out and saying, you know, you're doing, you know, working kind of with the same kind of population. Are, are, is there a way that we can come together on that? Um, I'm seeing shared services, too, you know, like Common Space. Uh, we did that with one of my organizations. They actually shared office space so that they could cut down on those kinds of expenses. Uh, looking for common events, one of the um, art museums that I worked with did a... Uh, went together and collaborated on a very fine exhibit that took people through three of the different art museums in in the park area that had never been done before. And those types of things that, because in the long run, we're introducing people to, in this case, the wonderful world of art versus you've got to come to my museum versus your museum, which I thought was great. So, Jenny, do you have some... Uh, I, I, again, I, I think we're in such different times and change, and so we've been able to successfully uh, co-brand with, for example, we provide a lot of older adult services, um, care management, patient advocacy, many times parents are living down in our catchment area and their adult children who might really want to know about the service and willing to pay for the service of case management or, or patient advocacy. Um, home health agencies, Southeast Florida, particularly Palm Beach County, has a home health agency on almost every corner. And so we have found a couple of locally owned, uh, you know, really good track records. We've 
done our due diligence, and then we've co-branded with them. So the portals and the access and the outreach and the visibility that they have in the community in places that we as a nonprofit might otherwise not go, they're able to market and uh, kind of share resources and brand because we've co-branded. And then as a social service agency, we're going into places where nonprofits are more welcome, sometimes the libraries, sometimes other places that uh, for-profits might not otherwise just be able to have a door open for them. And so talking about building capacity, we, we've really been able to significantly have greater capacity in terms of visibility and being out in the community together with the same kind of words and the same way of helping people. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's, it's almost imperative these days, which means it's kind of a way of multiplying yourself as an organization to better deliver what you're doing and collaborating on, but also to make the partners more independent because the stronger all the links are, the better. And I can give you one example that I was particularly and have been for years fascinated by, and that relates to, um, I did a lot of work with our local San Diego food bank. And in fact, the first person I interviewed when I joined this show as a host was the new CEO at the San Diego Food Bank. And one of the things that they were finding is that people would come, the individuals, when they came to uh, pick up food for their families, not their 300 partners that were churches and food pantries and, you know, those kinds of things, but the individuals, that them, those folks were not well aware of how to get signed up for the food stamp, or it's now called something else, the food EBT program um, that our county was running. So in order to help these folks get a more stable supply without having to worry about transportation, they actually, our San Diego food bank actually took them through all of the pre-qualifying, all of the paperwork, and submitted it for them so that these individual families could get their cards to take some of the burden off their need to go to the food bank, and then the food bank could share more with other hungry people. So it was a real uh, demonstration of not necessarily capacity building, but the filling in the gap between enabling those in need to know there is a service available and to get to the point where they can access the service. Yeah, and I just thought of another partnership that I could commit, and that has to do with, I think, the increasing trend we haven't mentioned of corporate social responsibility. There's There are many more organizations now looking for ways to make their contribution. And so um, the same um, nonprofit, literacy nonprofit, has actually been approaching corporations and they are now sponsoring schools and allowing their employees release time so uh, to, to go over and read to the students. So... Uh, you know, again, we're, and they provide monetary support because they help buy the books. We always give 
two or uh, two books, free books, um, to the students each year, and so they help underwrite that. But the biggest thing is that they're providing, you know, actual resource people, and mm-hmm. uh, and I know that there's more of that increasing, which is where I think some nonprofits could start to look for how do are there corporations that we could approach, even small businesses doesn't have to be a large corporation that that wants to have a way to let their employees be involved in some manner and um, you know people power as well as monetary power can come out of those kinds of partnerships also right and we know of a local credit union that actually has on their managerial performance reviews a place that says the community service so they give them what would be considered relief time in many professions to go out and do so many hours of community service, whether it's, uh, you know, run a marathon for sponsorship money for a charity or, you know, serving in some way as part of their literal, their actual performance review to demonstrate community responsibility as part of the values of their organization. And I've seen that a couple of times. Well, and the other place I've seen it that's been great is in back to this building capacity and building up boards is we in a couple of situations were able to go to companies and, and actually recruit, you know, someone who had some financial acumen who could work with us and be, you know, even be the CFO if needed be for the, or, or the, you know, the person doing the finance management. So that's been also a great piece of building capacity is getting board talent, um, which is another place. I mean, we had somebody who had, um, we got somebody who had HR experience. We got somebody who had some um, legal knowledge, and it was really great to be able to build up the board in that manner. So that's another strategy uh, for future um, growth and planning. Yeah, a random thought. That would be a great theme for a month for us to talk about, you know, working with your board to, you know, increase success and that kind of thing because there is so much more information on that now. And um, I know many nonprofits have to report the number of volunteer hours that they get on certain projects um, as part of their compliance measurements and I actually worked with a Head Start program who was allowed to, I'm trying to get this right, count the meeting, the time that their board members spent on committees and at meetings as in-kind contribution as long as they were the board members were not being paid for that work. So mm-hmm. number of hours of in-kind contribution at a dollarly, dollarly rate uh, allowed them to be compliant um, I don't know what's happening are you hearing dings does that mean we need to go to break no I haven't um, heard anything kind of music okay I'm okay. um, sorry I was hearing dings through my phone um, <laughs> could be in my head um, but that allows different ways of accumulating compliance related metrics such as using the hours of non-paid volunteers to add to their uh, 
total collected funding. That's with great. The I mean, grants and all that. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I just the board when you said it might be a whole topic sometime, I I could agree because board development I think became again it's it's one of the challenges. When you talked about a, a trend, maybe it's a trend that isn't <laughs> is to our favor, which is you know it's harder to find people who want to make you know a, like a two year commitment to be on a board, and yet that's where we need uh, the help. And I know we were tried to be very strategic about looking at our board composition and saying you know is this do we have the mix that we need? Is it does it bring our talent? Um, right, that we really want that will help us because, and then and actually the whole relationship between the board and um, the the paid staff is often um, another kind of challenge. You know, trying to help have the boards stay and be strategic <laughs> and yeah. not be too hands on. You know, you you want them to be point that they're so hands on that they're. Um, you know, running the day-to-day business because we need them to be strategic. In fact, Out there, uh, yeah. being very conscious about even getting somebody on the board who has that sort of long-range strategic planning view is, is so, can be very important. Right, as is the relationship uh, of all of the leadership team with that board. And I think that's actually one of the business strategies that's changing, Jenny. You might have some be able to shed, shed some light on this, but generally speaking, uh, 20 years ago, to serve on a nonprofit board, you pretty much had to be able to put up some funding. And now it's uh, it kind of go give or get, and not, it's not just funding; it's resources also. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I I think it's it's definitely. Um, a combination of a fundraising board and a governance board. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing is that sometimes the folks who are on the committees, like the strategic planning committee, like the long-term view of the organization, aren't necessarily always board members. Oh, um, hold that thought. We are going to go to a break right away, and we are talking about the people on the boards and how to leverage their strength. So please stay tuned for our final segment of this very quick conversation on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 
That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hello, thank you for staying with us. This is Linda Schub at OECStrategicSolutions.com in San Diego and Jenny Frumer at the Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Family Service. and Children's Service <laughs> um, and Sharon Leader at University of San Diego. And we were just speaking about the impact of boards and some of the business strategies that are changing with how we involve the boards. So was that you, Sharon, taking the lead on that? And I thought Jenny was about to speak to okay. something about well, the board. And this segment goes really fast, so I'll just have one comment, and that is that um, what, we're, what I'm seeing and discussing with my colleagues is that sometimes it's engaging people who really want to support the organization and have the talent and the skills but are not necessarily interested in being, quote, on the board. We're seeing a lot more boomers, and the challenge for us is, as an organization is how do we engage boomers, you know, this talent pool, get them engaged, get them involved. Um, and so we have the strategists, we have the financial people, and, and we're finding that our committees are not only made up of board members. Mm-hmm. So you can give a uh, member or a person in the larger community a volunteer. Mm-hmm. a task that they're good at, that they want to do, make it shorter term. Mm-hmm. They've made a huge contribution, but right. they're not obliged to sit on a board for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. That's a exactly. fabulous way to find resources. Well, and I think that well, we haven't really gotten into the whole volunteer piece for a minute, but I think that was one of the other trends is that, that I think volunteers want to be more involved. They want to be involved in a lot of different ways not only just financially and the fundraising, but in, in, in I think that's the challenge now is how do you uh, make use of these folks. And I think, I don't know, Jenny, you started to mention leadership, and I think mm-hmm. we're back to, you know, the importance of, of getting 
folks in our key leadership positions, the paid positions, the directors, who really have strong skills at, at running a complex organization, and um, because they, they do, they have they have to do a whole wide range of things. So uh, I know there are lots of places that they can reach out and start developing their skills. They can partner. But um, I think it all starts, again, we're back to, you know, we've almost come full circle. You know, we're kind of back to leaders who are willing to step back and look at, you know, how clear is our mission? You know, are we really focusing and doing? Do we have good measurable outcomes of impact? Mm -hmm. Um, Not just activities, right. Yeah, and and so it's like how do we run this very well-functioning organization to to do what we really want to do, not just be having activities, but we're having impacts and results and outcomes. And, um, mm-hmm. and in some cases, uh, one of the nonprofits I worked with was, had been a, a family-owned, uh, family-run, you know, because of the endowment and everything they had, and they really had to start confronting some, you know, ways of moving these folks into the, to the new challenges about what's going on. You know, we can't do, can't operate the way we used to operate. I think we're seeing that we've got to run leaner. We need to use best practices. I, I speak very strongly about the uh, using some of the standards information about looking at your nonprofit. Are you running it well? Uh, I found those were very helpful. Uh, well, and there is um, online. We found the Institute for Nonprofit Excellence has a list of standards that people that nonprofit organizations are uh, kind of held to as a, a code for what do you do and how do you deliver. It's not an ethics code. It's a how do you measure and what is the standard for being a high performing nonprofit. Yeah, and it, and it helped with all the government issue, governance issues that are coming up. You know, are you, you know, are you using best practices and how you handle your finances? Are you being transparent? Are you, you know, all those things. Um, we were lucky the year I was the board chair that my director was going through the nonprofit master's program. Oh at yeah, and we got she took uh, us on um, as one of her class projects, we actually got her team came in and audited our whole financial practices. It was just it was great. And I'm sure that wherever people are in the country, there's probably some uh, institute within the local university that, that might have resources, people looking for even internships, uh, a class project that can come in and do some really great things also. Well, that's an interesting change in business strategy in and of itself. I, you and I have a colleague who is in Washington State, and her daughter is actually in a bachelor's program to earn a degree in nonprofit leadership. And right. these are things that didn't exist before. You know, if I, that didn't, when I was looking for what I wanted to do when I grew up, you know, there wasn't a program that said, oh, you can run a nonprofit right. and learn how. Um, so I think that's a really important thing that we elevate the importance of leadership and effective business strategies and the flexibility and nimbleness to be able to change without having a program de jour, but 
how do we come to what Jenny pointed out earlier, to a point where we can sit down and discuss strategic things that sound intellectual, but in the long run end up being very, very practical and do deliver better outcomes and better measurable results in our communities and our populations. Yeah, and I, and I think that the the role of leaders, that nonprofit leaders are starting to have, you know, more respect as, as we start to see yeah. what an important role they're playing in our particular society. I mean, as, as government resources have been limited, more social organizations. And I, um, I think it's great. Um, I'm aware that I think one of the countries. Uh, I don't know if it's France or whatever that that people in nonprofits are as as well respected as any corporate executive. You know. And mm-hmm. I, so we're coming up to the end, Sharon. Will you give us yeah. a quick uh, email or website and Jenny maybe closing comments? Um, I I wanted to just mention a couple of things. The National Council of Nonprofits had some really good information, and also. The um, organization that had to do with um, gr- uh, good nonprofit management were, were some good sources that I found. Um, I can, I'm happy to answer any questions. You can reach me at leadergrp, so L-I-E-D-E-R-G-R-P at AOL.com. And Sharon Leader. And Jenny, closing thoughts? Yeah, I don't know that we have time for thoughts, but I will do a big thank you to Sharon and a really thank you to Linda. It's always a pleasure to co-host with you. And um, thank you for listening to Leadership Matters. And join us next week for more interesting conversation where maybe some of the same content will be picked up. Thank you for being here on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.